to Classroom Brew. This is episode two, and I'm pretty excited because this week I'm actually joined by my two good friends, Peter and Danielle. And actually, uh, we've been pretty close uh, for about a little over two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, yep. we, we started uh, in a master's program, uh, working towards our, our teaching license, as well as uh, obviously the master's degree itself. Uh, now we, we kept in touch, and I'm pretty excited. I've got my first two guests. Uh, so, uh, Danielle, do you want to tell us a little bit about, without getting into the specifics of your, your school, obviously, uh, but a little bit about your job right now? Well, right now, I'm primarily the sixth grade teacher at a school where I teach mostly social studies and uh, language arts. However, I also teach seventh and eighth grade social studies. Um, it's a small, private, suburban school. Um, I've had a pretty good, you know, start. Um, I did my student teaching in a urban public high school, which was a much different experience, uh, much more stressful experience than I'm having right now. So honestly, it's it's different and they're stressful in different ways, but I feel a little bit more at ease in my current position. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I think it's, I've kind of seen a little bit of that <laughs> in my own job. I'm not in uh, a similar school environment. Uh, but Peter, uh, do you want to talk a little about uh, where you're working right now? Yeah, so I work at a uh, small not-for-profit foundation that gives scholarships to uh, students of um, certain ethnic descent. <laughs> we can't get Super too specific on here. Super non-specific, <laughs> but it may be obvious later. <laughs> and I did my student teaching at a suburban high school that was sort of more like an urban school. Sure. So um, very similar traits to an urban school, let's just say. Sure. And it was uh, it was a crazy but very fun experience. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, the format for Classroom Brew, and the good thing is we've had a little bit of time, uh, Danielle and I, because, you know, Peter was on a certain heritage's uh, time clock, and he kind of <laughs> got a little bit lost. <laughs> On the way, so uh, Danielle and I got to pregame a little bit, uh, but for Classroom Brew, the idea is to you know have some teachers get together on a Friday before the weekend officially gets started and, and kind of talk about some different things uh, with a little bit of a little bit of booze, uh, so that adds a nice little spice to it. And get crunk. <laughs> and get crunk. <laughs> yeah, Peter's the um, what's the word? The bad grandpa of the group. We'll put it that way. He is. People think he's a nice young man when actually he's up to no good. But only we know his true character. Exactly. <laughs> well, but actually, like, the cool thing is, though, uh, is that Danielle actually asked Peter, because uh, they're not related, uh, to be the godfather. Uh, what's his importance? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a Game of Thrones situation. They're not related, I swear to God. But no, we're talking like, you know, actually like not related. But uh, you actually asked Peter to be uh, the godfather uh, to your daughter. Yes, because um, I'm friends mostly with uh, heathens, quote-unquote, and Peter was one of the most non-heathen friends I had to say, hey, would you mind being the um, godfather of my baby? However, we did lie to a holy man because the godmother was a Muslim, but I really do not care because she is my best friend, and I didn't have any non-heathen or (laughs) non-heathen girlfriends, so I was like, ah, you want to be the godmother? And she said, sure, and that to me is a sign of a good friend. Especially when you lie to a god man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I literally told her, okay, we need to choose a Christian name for you. There was St. Joanna on your birthday, or you can be the Holy Mother of God. Which one do you prefer? And she said, well, 
I prefer to be Joanna because that's like Joan of Arc. I'm like, you go, girl. So she is officially on my child's <laughs> baptismal gift, uh, not gift certificate, birth certificate, <laughs> baptismal certificate. In case you want to return her. <laughs> um, Joanna, but that's okay. I don't really think it matters in the end at all. I'm actually named after the Blessed Mother of God. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Right. Well, so like, so I was, my sister asked me to be the godfather uh, for my nephew who just turned one uh, almost a month ago, two or three weeks ago. Crazy. Um, but like, is there like a special ritual that you guys had for like when you guys actually had the baptism? Because I just, I really just stood there. I had it easy. I didn't have to worry about anything. Like I held him for a little bit, but is there anything that you had to do or? Oh yeah. Peter oh, yeah. was required to say the creed. Yeah. Ooh. Long Did you memorize it? Creed. creed. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I know when I was driving home that day, I realized, you know, a good Orthodox little boy like me, I don't remember the creed and I used to know it by heart. Tisk tisk. Isn't that terrible? Which one's the creed? I, I was raised Irish Catholic. I should know this. We believe in one God. Oh, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. earth. Okay, see, I know it. Visible and invisible. There you go. And That's one that. Lord Jesus Christ. See, you're a good Godfather. Yeah. Look at you go. See, there's that CCD education of mine coming out. And then obviously Peter, you know, Orthodox. I went to Sunday school. <laughs> see, my problem is, is that I teach at a religious uh, school that is different from my own religion. And I cannot cross myself their way at all. Like, it's just like it's a habit now. Mm. And so I'm always the weird one crossing myself differently at school. I'm, I always tell the kids, you do right your own to thing. Left. Wait, how is right it? Right to Father, left. Son, yeah, you do it the wrong way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Orthodox, they go right to left. Um, huh. We also do this thing with our three fingers. Um, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it's very really? important, wink, wink. It's, it's yeah. not at all important. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we met in this wonderful teaching program where we were definitely all taught to, um, go and save the children of urban schools. Hmm. However, I think that we all have come to the conclusion that most of our professors, except for one, uh, hasn't A, taught in schools, (laughs) or B, hasn't taught in schools for a long time, which made our experiences as student teachers somewhat um, different from theirs and made a lot of their methodologies that we would have otherwise, you know, accepted uh, useless. Um, Would you not agree with that, Ryan? I mean, at least in my experience, I thought that. I mean, they all had, like, their interesting input and, you know, tips to give you, like, we're talking about the ed ones and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is that we had each other, too, because, like, we spent, like, literally... It was like three or four days a week. We spent just together. four days a week. Yeah. What? Five hours together. Yeah, something like that. So we, we became family. Yes, was, we did. I don't know about you, but like, so like I was teaching out like way far away, you know, from where we were actually meeting for our seminar. I was kind of like, I miss you guys. Like I only saw you guys for like what? Sometimes like an hour, maybe an hour and a half or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and I didn't even make it that for like a few weeks right there after I got rear-ended on the highway. Oh, oh, in student teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was weird. Like it we went from weird. like almost every day to barely seeing each other at all. It was, it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Like the only thing I liked about that seminar was actually seeing you guys. Cause <laughs> God love our professor, but I felt that she was somewhat in la la land some of the time when she was just. I felt that she's kind of blamed us at times when we would come in with these negative experiences with our students um, and saying that it was because of something that we were doing wrong. And 
Um, the thing about that is, is that so many of the kids that we work with, they come in already with so many problems and so many chips on their shoulders. It almost feels that by the time we get them, they're already lost. And you never want to admit that as an educator, that your students are already lost. Um, and not all of them are, but there are just some kids that there's just, it's too much, there's been too much damage and there's very little you can do except, you know, try but in the end, you're probably not going to do much. And that's the unfortunate reality. Yeah. But Danielle, you're supposed to save all of the kids. That's bullshit. And you know it, Peter. <laughs> we're, we're not in the saving children business. We're in the educating business. I mean, sure, it would be great, you know, for us to come in with, like, we're going to save them and, you know, turn them around like Morgan Freeman and lean on me. But at the same time, that's not reality. And become great citizens of this great country where they'll exercise their right to vote all the time and be productive citizens. It's Something just, like that. I mean, how do you sell the importance of college to a kid who no one in their family has gone to college, no one in their family makes above minimum wage, and they don't have any clear examples in their lives of people that have made it to college and have become successful? How are you supposed to look at that kid and say, oh, yeah, you can do this? They're going to look at you and say, you're a liar because nobody in my family has been able to do this. And it's interesting, too, because you think about the role models that they have in their community. Who's making the most money on the block? You know, you're it ain't the college educated teacher. No, it's <laughs> it's the gangster down the street who's selling crank on the corner. Do people still say crank, Peter? I, is that the official term? Is I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But so he's the most uh, street smart, you know, among all of us. The, uh... I mean, I, I was born on the south side. Aren't you from Blue Island, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Quote, unquote. You're south not side. from Inglewood or something. Okay. But but seriously, but seriously, the who's making the most money on the block? I mean, your your drug dealers, your 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 gang members. I mean, your role models are are not the best. What we would consider the best role models, and can you really blame them though? No, you you really you really can't. And here's where you know our concentration or or subject matter shows. But I mean, think about people, you know, growing up in you know urban Chicago in the early 1900s. Who who are your role models? Al Capone. Yep. Al Capone. Various the, Irish gangsters. It's ex not... Exactly. It's it's not, uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt or Franklin D. Roosevelt, you know, big shots in New York, uh, uh, college-educated ed people. No, it's people on your block that are making a living. I literally, I had a teacher in high school that said, so he, like, I, I don't even know, I think he was French, and he, he married, uh, I can't even remember where his wife was from, but, like, they weren't familiar with the culture, uh, and when he met him and said, oh, yeah, I'm from Chicago, they were like, oh, Michael Jordan? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Al Capone? He was like, what? No, 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 no. Why are those the two things? Like, it was at the time, probably 2009, and those were the two things that they were most familiar with in Chicago. It still is the they most, make. the two most familiar things in Chicago. Right? My mom went to Greece, and that's all they did. They just talked about Al Capone and the Bulls. Well, Where, that's all that we're good yeah. for, apparently. Wearing yeah. championships well, from 1991. I was say not anymore with the Bulls. We just we just lost Dwayne Wade, and we already Did lost. Did we really? Yeah, he uh, he opted out. 
or he he bought out his contract. He didn't opt out. He bought out. He paid like eight million dollars out of his twenty three million dollars. So he got to leave. Now he's with LeBron in Cleveland. Oh, what a dick! <laughs> what a dick, Mister Chicago. I was say he's a Chicago boy. That Fuck was, him. That was the only reason I was like not so depressed about Rose because it's like, oh, well, we got Dwayne. Like we always wanted Dwayne, but now we're screwed, man. Yeah, well, he wasn't that good anyway. Well, I was just, I just saw, uh, there's a poster for the Bulls. It was Felicio. Like, we don't even have, like, a big-name person for a goddamn billboard anymore. Felicio, the second, the backup center. The backup center. That's sad. The backup center. So, wait. uh, So, right now, I'm drinking uh, a rum and Coke. Danielle, you've got a Corona. Yep. Peter, you've got a Miller Lite, right? Yep. And we, I, I'm not going to lie, we, we started off with like a, let's just do like a shot of some shitty vodka. Because <laughs> it was either I could have bought raspberry vodka in like the normal size, or I could have bought a handle of the plain kind. So naturally, you know, I mean, Peter likes to smear off ices every so often, right? So, oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> but we had to, we went with, so I had to buy this. Ice me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, have you ever gotten ice with like the one person on the knee, anyone? No. What? Do you know the rules of this? No. Okay, so if you get iced, so like let's say uh, you like sneak up on them or something like that. Like say Ryan goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Opens up the toilet. There'll be smear enough ice. Right, like it's hiding somewhere toilet. in there. Oh. Taped to the toilet. Stop. I have to, is it drop to one knee and finish it, like chug it? Or some people, they'll just look, present it, like they'll get on a knee like that and be like, I've iced you. Almost, it looks like a proposal kind of, right? And then you have to take it, get on a knee as well, and chug it and finish it. That is bizarre. I've never heard of such a thing. Huh. We don't do that down south where I'm from. It's, it's like, like a college thing. It's 100%. 100% a college. Well, I think it's like a high school thing too, right? Realistically. I was boring in high school. I didn't drink. <laughs> I did, did other Peter? stuff. No, I wink, didn't drink. Wink, but no drinking. No, I but didn't. nothing for Peter. He's the good boy in I mean, look at him. He's I'll, he's excellent. My mother saw you at the baptism. Was like, I just love Peter. He's such a nice young man. My mother-in-law thought you were awesome. Oh, really? Oh, she liked you. Uh, oh my God! Full disclosure: the godmother um, of my child is very goth, and she showed up to my house a week before the baptism with black lipstick and black and blue hair and black clothes. My very Ukrainian mother-in-law would not shake hands with her and said, oh, my God, she looks horrible. So she saw Peter and was like, oh, yes. Such oh a good God. boy. <laughs> Such a good. His hair was slicked. He was in an excellent suit. Little do they oh, know. I did see the pictures, actually, on Facebook. That was, hey, looking good, kid. I was. Uh, yeah. that, that, I was the thing your dad would do? He would go, looking good, kid. Yeah, and spit on me. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that Greeks spit on each other during like moments of happiness? To keep the devil away. <laughs> what? You got to explain that. There's no way. Oh my god. Okay, so All right, Peter's got the floor. We believe in something called the mati. Mm-hmm. I just referred to my eye. It's called the evil eye, and it's sort of a Mediterranean kind of thing, superstition, mm-hmm. where if someone is someone is like overly jealous of you. And, like, they compliment you too much. It makes you susceptible to getting the evil eye. Hmm. Like, when I was just telling you about how I felt really dizzy, and then after I had a fever, I made my dad check me for the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's like How did he get rid of it? 
So you do, there's a little ritual where you do a prayer and then you um, do a cross over olive oil, of course, okay. and uh, a cup of water. And if the olive oil no grapes disappears, no. If the olive oil disappears in the water, then that means you have the evil eye because, you know, oil is supposed to yeah. float on top of water. Did you have the evil eye, Peter? I did. Clearly, yeah. that is the problem. Evil grandpa. The dude. oil disappeared. Is it because that we, we lied to a holy man about the godmother being a heathen? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe the devil just entered me when I was, you know, spitting on the devil. Well, that's that's like that that's comedian. terrifying. Yeah, that is. The eye thing, that's like that comedian, Sebastian, what's his face? He's from Chicago, actually, too. He's Italian. Oh, like, that Italian hardcore guy. Hardcore Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, if if you get the, he had to high, or he had to hang, like, a, a chili pepper. No, no, from no. His rear view. The bullhorn. A bull, was it a bullhorn? Mm-hmm. That's it looks specific. It looks like a chili pepper, though. Yeah. All the Sicilians wear right. it. I mean, Ryan, now that you live on the south side, you'll see it a lot. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Peter's really excited that, like, he was like, oh, you're drinking shitty vodka. That means you're, you're so south side now. Ryan's a southie. <laughs> well, and we were talking, I think Danielle's definitely the most south side, and like, you teach on the south side, but... I teach on a south side suburb, which, if you're familiar with Chicago, all of the really rich and well-to-do suburbs are up in the north, and all of the more, like, let's say, poor working class suburbs are in the south, and I work in that one, but... To be fair, I'm a little bit more comfortable with that demographic because it's sort of the one I grew up in. Um, Because I don't know about you guys, but rather like more rich, elite people just make me intrinsically uncomfortable because I have a hard time relating to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just something because it's just not what I grew up with. But I feel like I can relate a lot more to working class kids. So I'm happy being where I am. But I understand that it's a lot different than if I was in, like, an urban, you know, public school. Because the kids that are in my classroom, their parents pay to come hang out with me every day. The kids that were in my classroom in um, CPS, which is, you know, stands for Chicago Public Schools, their parents sometimes didn't care about them. Sometimes you couldn't reach their parents for days on the phone. You didn't know where they lived. Some kids were homeless. You're dealing with a lot more, like... um, serious issues when you're dealing with a public school so even though i you know i'm working with more working class kids i also understand that i'm working with kids whose parents um at least at a rudimentary level care about their education in some form or fashion because if they didn't they would be going to some local you know public school um and i don't know before peter came because he was on his ethnic background time um we sound <laughs> oddly we on. sound oddly racist we're really not Jesus we're very good friends uh, <laughs> 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 isn't that right peter yes it is <laughs> you sound like you've got like you're under duress anyway <laughs> um kind of is <laughs> me and uh ryan we were talking what were we i was going on some trope here that's something we were talking about Oh, earlier. like just before he came? Yeah, right before he came. Oh, uh, we were talking about parents. And... We were talking about not getting a hold of parents and some of the issues you're working in in CPS that are different from working in private schools. I think one of them that we were talking about is the lack of power that teachers have over kids. It almost seems like the kids are able to control their situation more because in CPS, you can almost not... 
you, you're not allowed to fail students because they're so upset about their graduation rates not being high enough that they want more and more kids to pass, even though perhaps they shouldn't be passed and don't deserve to pass. And before Peter came, we were talking about, you know, admin talking to you about having 25 kids fail your class. Yeah. And that was a problem for some reason. Even though it's like, I've got like 150 to like 175 students. But yeah, it's, it's an issue. I honestly, I should, I'll be honest. I meant like you're more South Side because we were talking about drinking Malort earlier. Oh, but and that's me and, not me even and Peter, having to do with the South Side. That, that's, that's Chicago. Well, me, that's, that's, that's true. Chicago that is just Chicago. But me and Peter, like we've, you've had it before, right? Oh, we were like, oh god, it's disgusting. It literally tastes like dandelions and like. It, it tastes no taste of it. I, it tastes oh. like death. It well, but you were saying like, like you had it, Danielle, and you were like, oh, this is nothing. Like, what's the big deal? Like, you didn't even react. Okay, but I've been like drinking Ukrainian moonshine for years. <laughs> like that, it's, it's it's awful. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't. Somebody tricked me into drinking this awful local hard liquor, but. Um, <laughs> I didn't shudder or anything. I just drank it. The person that gave it to me was like, what? It's made out of warm wood. It is? Wait, really? Yeah. How do you, well, okay, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Without saying the name, you, you got the background and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. disgusting. It, I, I had it for the, It's not so much the initial taste. It's the aftertaste. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. The aftertaste, the aftertaste is terrible. It was horrible, but I took it okay. Um, oh, God. We were also talking about before Peter came about how a lot of Americans pretend like they don't drink, and that's something that annoys me personally. And um, like, well, you want to share a, do you want to share a bottle of wine? It's like ten people. Like <laughs> it's like two sips total. Whereas like, I could probably split like a six pack with somebody, and it would be gone in like an hour. I usually like, have a bottle of wine with dinner. Do you actually? No, <laughs> that got so great. <laughs> I would have believed it. I would have believed it. I was personally very upset at my husband that we had no wine in the house yesterday. I'm like, what is this witchcraft? We're supposed to have wine on hand at all times. There was none. See, my family, like, my parents, like, never drank. Like, my dad and my mom, like, in college, like, yeah, they drank, but, like, never happened as soon as they had kids. Like, like, it wasn't even, like, when I would see people, like, when I was in high school and their, like, parents would drink at, like, some party they had or like a block party i'd be like why are they drinking everyone's like everyone drinks at block parties right but like at the time i was like this is so weird i've never seen a parent drink i've seen my dad drunk never seen my mom drunk twice uh one was at my (laughs) my sister's yeah right it was amazing (laughs) once was and she wasn't even that bad it was at my sister's wedding and then uh, i saw her like years before that when my first sister went to college we went to our neighbor's and she had, like, a few, like, glasses, probably a few sips, realistically. But she was gone. And I was like, what is this? My dad's like, yeah, she's probably drunk. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> my, you know, my, so my family owns a liquor establishment. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> just going to figure surpri- it out. <laughs> surprisingly, though, my family just doesn't drink that much. I mean, my dad has a beer here and there, maybe a couple times a week. Uh, my mom before, like, high school, uh, me in high school, my mom never drank. Now she has, like, a glass of wine with dinner every once in a while. But, I mean, surprisingly, like, my grandpa, who started our liquor establishment, <laughs> never drank in his life. What? Yeah, never drank. 
That's interesting. My French Canadian grandparents, if they were out like at a wedding or at a restaurant or something, they'd say, we don't drink. However, my mother said that whenever they would stay with them at 10 p.m. every night, the shades in their house would go down, <laughs> the liquor cabinet would open, the booze would be poured, and the partying would commence. So they were like um, closet drunks ah. as opposed to public ones. Which I guess is in some sense more respectable. I guess, yeah. <laughs> kind of. I feel like we're in the 50s when we're talking like closet drinks. So, like, do you guys remember... Oh, man, wouldn't it be funny if I had Leon's book over there? Oh. We literally just put pretty books, like, pretty... Like, you just take off the dust cover. But um, do you guys remember the Paul Dolner book with the How Would You Handle It? I loved that book so oh, yeah, much. Yeah. So, with all those questions, yeah. Yeah, so it's a book, and it's literally just all these weird situations that, like, as a, a teacher, as an educator, like, how would you handle it? And it's like, you know, if you have a student that, like... Has dis- drugs in your class. Yeah, something like that. Or, like, one you of them was, like... angry parent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one of them was, like... Imagine that. Yeah, right? I feel like one of them was, like, if you're, like like late and like you got like a stain on your pants or something like that i don't remember i didn't read the entire thing i don't remember that one i remember i wouldn't remember one specifically a student comes to you and tells you they are pregnant what do you do yeah it's like uh, that's a i can tell you that's a which just happened to you right tough one yeah i don't want to go too into it uh to like not out the student or anything but yeah it was that is a tough one i mean luckily uh everything's you know taken care of false alarm but yeah that was that's stressful that was in the morning too that i found that out and that that just shifted my entire my entire day uh it's kind of a compliment right if you somehow get approached yeah. by that but so how did you, how did you handle that situation luckily i mean we, we don't we don't have to go into details but luckily we have a great uh counseling staff we're small staff but great counseling staff so uh one of the counselors took point i was just kind of there for support to offer like i'm like the the first line of defense there uh, handled it perfectly. It was great. That's so, good. That's good. Well, but like from the Paul Dolner book, though, with like the how would you handle it? Uh, and I guess we, we can kind of talk about some student teaching because we've had more because we're about a month into our actual teaching careers. Um, but like with student teaching, do you remember the one where it's like if you ever have to like fart or shit? You guys remember that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. All the time, that. Peter. All the time. <laughs> Oh what was, God. like, one of them, one person in our seminar was like, oh, yeah, I would just dust crop a student and, like, blame it. Like, what would you guys, like, honestly, what would you guys do? Like, I think that was me who said that they would dust crop a student. Dusk. So, wait, well, you got, all right, you got to explain. You can't just drop that. You got to explain the strategy right now. Ryan, I'm a very gassy person. <laughs> such a so, good boy. It's all the grapes, man. So, I, that's such a... That's, Olive oil. Oh, my God. That's so racist. <laughs> Yes, Greek people don't consider themselves white. <laughs> You're neither black nor white. Nor You're just white. Greek. It's it's something in between. <laughs> I mean. You're like Armenians. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you consider them? Well, technically white, but they're different. Yeah. I mean, legally. They're white. You're white. Just like really. Um, Arabs. Arabs are, are legally white because uh, everybody has to be put into a box. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, 18th century. Philosophers right. and scientists. Well, technically, well, all Britons and Irish people can trace their genetics all the way back to Iraq. So it's pretty conceivable. 
I mean, it's I deep. know that's really far fetched, but I'm saying it's that deep. they, that's they what it is. you know, they can. So, so wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. What's, yeah. So let's we, we, back, we keep back to the of, important subject. What's, off of what's your <laughs> what's your dust crop? What's this strategy? So my strategy is just to when I'm lecture. Say I'm lecturing. Do you lecture often? No. Did you? No. Yeah, I didn't either. It I lecture. Doesn't work. I do because it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Like, you make it really entertaining, but some yeah. students just don't. No matter what I wish. you do, they don't care. Sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes that you sometimes. just have to just shove content. I mean, okay, if we're all his, we're all history teachers. You have to shove content down into them. You need to give them some background information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, and, dust cropping if you're lecturing. Yeah, you know, the, but <laughs> but the good thing is, you know, my mentor teacher, the way he would handle lecturing, and we're getting off topic again. Is uh, always give a quiz, even to the regular students, two days later, and let them use open notes. And open notes. Oh, open notes. okay. To like reward them yeah. for paying attention. Oh, yeah. You're rewarding them right. for paying attention, and it's easy points. Huh. And then, you know, when you have when you have a bad grade in there, you know, you tell the parents, "Oh, well, it was open note," and they'll be like. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- this was open note. And, and also, free retakes. Oh, yeah. B- free retakes, but you'd make it as complex as possible. Right. So next time they do take notes. Okay. Open, open, open book, open note retakes. But you make it very complex where they have to explain and explain why they put each answer and how they came to the correct answer. And no, no, no bullshit. No bullshit answers. You just uh, look through it thoroughly and then just give them their points. And next time, they won't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Oh, wait, for the dust cropping part. The dust make, sure cropping. make sure you're pretty close to the mic. I can mix it out, but make sure you're close to the oh, mic. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, so, no, so the dust, uh, dust cropping. What I would do is I would come to like some big point and I'd start screaming. And then... Running around the room, and then that's when you do it. No one heard it. They just like no one heard it. No one knows where it came from, and then you know they just blame the person. Next to you. But you have to be careful because you could start a fight that way. There, yeah. Did you ever? No, I never started uh, a fight. Okay. Oh my god, I should tell. I should tell about my fight. My fight story. What, what? fight story? What? You personally? St- you? No, 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 not me personally. One of my uh, students. What happened in my class? This sounds like a, I have a friend, like when you tell your parents that. Like I have a friend in this situation, but it was really you. <laughs> Is this the same case? No, 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 no. This, ha- like, this happened had, to one of my students. I had a student, he shit himself once in the front of a class when he was giving a lecture. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when he was giving a lecture, you make it obvious that it was right. you. No, should I? Yeah, I'll tell you guys. Yeah, yeah. They might as well. So, one time. So I had this one girl. She was insane. Insane. Define insane. Insane. Just crazy. Just crazy. She would start fights for no Sad. reason. Sad. <laughs> she would start she would start fights for no reason. Just insane. You know, she she was a nice girl. You know, she had she had a lot of problems. She had emo- emotional problems. She had learning problems. She had all kinds, you know, Problems. All kinds of problems. Um, now, she got suspended for two weeks. She, let's just say, 
received some sexual content from her cousin. Ew. Ah, it's like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she received a video of her cousin receiving oral... On purpose? Oral, oral Like sex. they actually on purpose sent that? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. From, from, from another girl. That's disgusting. Jesus. And while we were in an assembly, oh she airdropped this Jesus. pornography to students within the crowd. So, I mean, oh. digitally, there was just porn falling from the sky. <laughs> there was digitally porn falling from the sky just like you know when in war you drop pamphlets from the sky there's porn there's just porn falling from the sky like, like a pinup girl in, in, in the 50, or in the, the 30s 40s but yeah high and school kids and creepy. have their kids have their phones and, and they're just catching catching this porn and watching it in the assembly and it was funny because my mentor teacher was like wow this was quite a tame this was quite a tame, uh, what do you call it? Assembly. Well, <laughs> no, no wonder because <laughs> there was porn falling from the sky. Yeah, they're focused on something, not, not the people on the stage. That's disgusting. So, needless to say, she got suspended. For, yeah, yeah. How did they for two figure weeks. out it was her? Uh, how did they? That's a good question. Well, you, well, you could probably audit yeah, all the students. They, and, they, they, you know. yeah, they found out. They found who it yeah. originally came from. Yeah, I think I think the other girl, the the girl who was giving the the the, the pleasure uh, in in the one video, one of the stars of the show. Yeah, one of the stars. So she was a student there. Oh yeah, and oh. She, and she told on her. How? Oh, that would suck to be that admin or that teacher ha, that ha, has ha, to ha. analyze. Could you, yeah. Could ah. you imagine that? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. You said it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, oh, man. You know, students, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world in there. Mm -hmm. You have to assert your dominance. You have to, you know, keep your, you know, quote-unquote street cred. So she comes back to class two weeks later, and they're, she, people, are, people are talking about it, obviously. And she needs to show that she's still top dog, that, you know, she didn't take a hit from this. So she sees, uh, she gets up, gets a tissue. She sees a girl whisper to another girl. And all of a sudden she gets in this girl's face and starts screaming, You got your name on, you got my name on your lips. And starts screaming, going crazy. Thank God, you know, my co-teacher was there and, took her out into the hallway and she's screaming in the hallway people are coming out of their classrooms they're fighting in the middle of the hallway they took her down to the dean's office i mean things, clearly things calmed down after about 15 minutes but that was that was the only fight that happened during my student teaching in in my classroom really yeah i had fights that happened all the time when i was student teaching not in my classroom just outside of it mm -hmm. And I actually student taught um, during the second and third trimesters of my last pregnancy, which was interesting in and of itself. But when these things would happen, I would be like, beelining it out of the way. Be like, nope, yeah, nope, nope. This yeah. bullshit is not worth my baby. Later. Like Peter and I, can, we can jump in and break up a fight. We're, like, the most we'll get is like an elbow to the jaw. But like, 
Yeah. We don't have a baby to worry about. Like, Jesus. Although, to be fair, I did have a kid knock me in the face with a lacrosse ball by accident oh, while I, I was that. pregnant. That was I was so pissed. Ugh. Um... I was meaning to ask you, Peter, so you said that your cooperating teacher was really into Harry Wong, and I'm really into Harry Wong, too, but that's actually a guy's name. I'm not just making penis jokes. Um, I know. It's so hard not to laugh when when people are saying, yeah, this is all Harry Wong. We would be in a graduate class with PhD and master's students, and they would say something that was kind of remotely like an innuendo, and you'd be like... <laughs> like under it, or like you would still bring up like oh, that's what she said joke every so. Often. I mean, I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, so I was, I'm really curious. Like, how did your cooperating teacher throw in Harry Wong, which to me seems really structured towards more like suburban or private schools? Because it works great in my private school where I teach, but I really have a hard time vi- like envisioning how this would work in a less structured environment, which is like in many public schools. Um. Like, for instance, he has a system which I've adopted, you know, with discipline where if kids are acting out, you put their name on the board. And if they get a check mark after the warning, they then have to stay 15 minutes after school on a certain day. And if they get more check marks, it's an additional time or whatever. But um, the issue is, is that with a lot of public schools, you're not allowed to detain kids anymore after school. And so how do you enforce his sort of discipline type codes in a school that's completely unsupportive of them? Mm-hmm. So, for example, you would, um, okay, so say uh, a kid has a cell phone out. Kid has a cell phone out in class. Classroom rules are no cell phones. What you would do is you warn that student, put it away. Okay. You turn your back, they pull it out again. You say, give it to me. They don't hand it over. Okay. So what you do and, and what he would do is, Miss whatever, please please step outside. You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. They'll try to take their stuff. They think they're getting sent to the dean's office. You leave their stuff. You tell them to leave your stuff. Just go outside. So you go outside, or they go outside. You go to your computer. You have your, uh, your screen up. You write... The referral on the computer. So all the kids can see what's happening. You write the referral. Call the popo. You call call security. (laughs) Tell them, I have a student that needs to be taken down to the dean's office. Uh, Not an emergency, whatever. So popo comes. The kid has to come back into their classroom, into the classroom, get their stuff. They're humiliated. You know, usually the security officer will say, are we taking them down? You say, yep, referral's on its way. So you're making an, ex- you're, you're making an, ex- an example of them. You're, you know, sacrificing that lamb, so to say, <laughs> to show the other, cl- to show their, their classmates that you're not messing around. And, you know, you have to be really consistent on that, like, on punishment where, you know, students see that you're you're not messing around, and it, and it's very hard to do. And it took mm-hmm. it, you know it took my mentor teacher about a year and a half to adopt Harry Wong and implement it in a high school setting in an urban, you know, non structured setting. But you're providing them that structure, and after they are broken into it, 
they, 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 they want that structure because that's the only structure that they have in their life. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would still be so like there's so many kids that like like being defiant to a teacher, getting written up, getting suspended, especially if it's in school because it's apparently a joke. Like they would almost see it as like a all right big fucking deal or like a oh awesome now I get more street cred because they stood up to a teacher like even though when you talk with them but like you but you took away that street cred by sort of humiliating them by I don't know if there's some kids that. They stood up, and then you took that power away because you removed them from the classroom, so they can no longer be acting out and you know showing off to their fellow classmates. That's true. You took control of your classroom by removing them from it, and that's the power that you have uh, as a teacher. You're—I mean—you can't hit them, you can't no. scream at them, you can you know sit there and write them up and all the time but once you once you do it once and show the students that you have the power that you're the top dog they're not that you have the power to remove them you know it, it, yeah it's it, it's difficult and it, it takes a lot of a lot of structure but you have to stick to your guns you have to mm-hmm. and that's the other thing you have to explain to your students that these are the rules these are the consequences. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. And even on your best day, you're feeling great. Everything's going great. The kid pulled out a cell phone. Okay, just let it slide. You let it slide. Mm-hmm. They notice it. And then all of a sudden, the next day, two kids pull out their cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's a Pandora's box. You have to stick to your guns and show that you don't play. That you are top dog, that you are alpha, because that is the world that they come from, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Right. Well, you can even, like, even if it is the world they come from, like, I try to implement it. Like, if you use, like, Pear Deck or Pull Everywhere or something like that, like, there's ways that you can use it in the classroom to be, you know, know, effective. Because it's, like, the way, like, you can have them do, like, a a quick text response to, like, what do you think about this video we just watched or something like that. Oh, with cell phones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But I think you got to set that that ground rule. Like, you're saying, like, this is the expectation, so, like, this is the appropriate time versus, like, later on you might say, like, hey, let's table the cell phones right now so we can actually focus on what we're doing. Yeah. No, you you just have to have a routine and that you have to stick to it. So what they had was they had a sign where it was no technology. You had a, you know, cross or, you know, a strike mark going through a cell phone. And then you had, on the back of it, you know, a checkmark technology. And, you know, you use that and you make sure you stick to that. And the kids, you know, you refer to it, no cell phones. Sign is no cell phone. And say you forgot to flip it uh, and you still had it on checkmark, you know, the kid is going to use that against you. you. That's why you have to be, look for these little tiny details. Right. And so, you know, you can definitely use cell phones in, in, in your teaching. It's just you have to make sure it's explicit when you can use them and when you cannot. Real quick. I don't know about you guys. I'm sweating. Do you guys want a refill or anything? Um, Peter, you definitely need one because you're behind me and Danielle. Me and Danielle went. We turned up. While yeah, you guys I'll, get an, I'll get another one. All right. I can, I can get it for you. You want a Corona? Peter, you want a Miller? A Miller yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so we had to get some refills. Uh, now we're back. I don't even remember what we were talking about, to be honest with you, though. But we kind of started talking about, like, without getting specific, we talked about mentor teachers during the student teaching experience because 
some like whether you have one or two or three mentor teachers, sometimes one's gonna be. You just don't want to mess with the mic. Yeah. Uh, it would be like you can have one that's been great or one that's not so great. It just really depends on you know how invested they are versus the population of students that you have. But but yeah, you go ahead. I don't want to ruin the role. Well, I would say this, that my, I had two cooperating teachers and they were kind of a mixed uh, bag. So I had one cooperating teacher that I liked because he was, he had been in CPS for many years. Um, but unfortunately I felt that he was trying to be his students' friend, which is a challenge in and of itself. And it's kind of a problem that I'm dealing right now because I replaced a teacher at my current school who was buddy buddies with all of his students, and that's not the type of teacher I am. I'm not mean, but I'm strict and I have high expectations, which you I have, think you is have boundaries, professional boundaries. I yeah. have professional boundaries, like I don't touch kids, I don't sit and eat lunch with kids. You know, I am the teacher; they are the students. That is the way it is. But anyway, and I and, and when I took over this classroom, the kids were not engaged with what this teacher was doing. He would just kind of talk at them while they were all on their cell phones, and I knew that that wasn't the type of class I wanted to lead. So my classroom was a lot more structured, and the kids fought back on me on this. But after a few weeks, they kind of fell in the line. Um, so I kind of had that situation with teacher number one. Teacher number two, he gave me a lot of really great advice. But unfortunately, in the state of Illinois, we're required to do this terrible licensing thing called the EdTPA. And it is... Fuck the EdTPA. And I it don't is even a, want to think about it. <laughs> it is extreme. We passed it. We don't want to think about it. I think... You and me, Ryan, we had like the highest scores in our class. Not bragging rights, but I think that Julie's going to call us next year and be like, can you come and talk about the EdTPA? I will the, say no. The answer well, is no. Peter, didn't you get asked? You got asked about to, add, to talk about the... Uh, yeah, I got asked to talk about uh, student teaching. Well, but that, student was, teaching. But that was just because I was the only one who did not have a teaching job. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, That's the, the hiring process is awful. It has nothing to do. Like, I've seen some, like, I don't know them too well, but, like, I've heard things. There's some teachers that have been hired in some recent schools that are just garbage, and then there's some, like, really good teachers that they're either not in, like, a school that's going to value them or they're not hired at all, like, brutal. It's a brutal process. I went on, I don't know how many interviews, and the first job offer I got, I took it. And I'm really glad I did. But so anyway, yeah. there was this horrible process with the Ed TPA, and it well, was you con- took the, the first one. Um, I thought you got a few offers. I took the first one. I got. I played with fire. I, well, I got I got like temporary offers or like alternate school offers, but I I, I play with fire. Don't do that. That's not. I have a family. I couldn't risk it. The first job offer yeah, I got, I was like, okay. That's the smart um, way. Because. I mean, even though the archdiocese, they pay less than CPS, I really enjoy working for the archdiocese because there's a lot less, you know, stress and their benefits are wonderful. And I feel like you can do a lot more like experimental things teaching that you couldn't do in CPS. Um, But anyway, there was this ed TPA and I had to take a day off in order to finish these requirements for the ed TPA. Keep, keep in mind, I'm in the second trimester of a pregnancy. And so there's that, and there's this horrible Kafkaesque thing that I have it's to get. It is very Kafkaesque. <laughs> there has ever been a term that it describes the ed TPA. That's the one. And I just needed this one day. I have a tod- I had a toddler at home. It was very difficult for me to get work done. 
I needed a day at home alone to work on this stuff. And I knew he would be there and he would just throw some busy work at them and it would be no big deal, right? Wrong. It was a very big deal to him. so familiar to the, the debates for this past president. <laughs> well, wrong. Sorry, wrong. Man. Wrong. Sad. Sad. <laughs> Bigly. Uh, that was my favorite, Bigly. Um, so you had some Bigly issues. And so he was... He had some Bigly issues. He made me come in early, and he chided me for taking this... He clearly had no idea what a beast this EdTPA is, because it was only implemented a few years ago. And so I just burst into tears. And um, after that, he pretty much left me alone, because you don't make a pregnant lady burst into tears. Um, and he treated that. me with kid gloves after that. 70 pages. What? No, it turned it up eight, eight, about 80 pages. I've uh, written a master's remember. thesis before for another master's degree I have. And this EdTPA almost had as many words as that 90-page thesis I wrote. Although, good point. Like, you can't delete any of the prompts. You can't delete the questions. You can't even nope. delete like the mm-hmm. examples. You have to put X's and stuff. But you can't delete the stuff that's not applying to your... It's just ridiculous. It's super specific. And it's graded by... Like, some of them are teachers, but I heard some of them are just people hired by... Yeah. Great. Now Pearson's going to come after my... My podcast before it gets off Fuck the ground. Fuck Pearson. <laughs> you can say that because you are working for a non-profit, Peter. Good for you. I say, wouldn't it be funny if like eventually we wound up working for Pearson? Because like, they hire teachers all the time to like, look at assessments. Because well, yeah. nobody pays us anything, so we have to sell our souls. That's, it's good, though. Like Pearson's trying. Like They want to hear from educators. But EdTPA sucks. Yes, it does. It should be done away with. It does not... Fuck that shit. It does not prove Such a good point. that you're a good teacher or not. It proves that you're really good at writing and following directions and bullshitting. Yeah, that's true. Actually, there's it, it's just repetitive. You're it's a, extremely repetitive. Honestly. You're a good bureaucrat. No, but seriously, I think no, I think the Ed TPA shows that you're a good teacher. That's why I In did so poorly ways. on it. You did not do that badly on it, Peter. <laughs> I did. What you is, did? What, do you yeah. To, do, you, do you want me to edit? What did you? I I don't show it with your hands like. No, I don't remember what I got, but I got straight. Like, what do you call it? Oh, like straight threes, like straight threes or straight fours or whatever. So the passing score was thirty-five. Thirty-five. It's now forty. Yeah. So I got. That's good. Yeah. What? So then I got like a forty-six, whatever straight. Fine. What did you get, Danielle? I got fifty-two. I got fifty-two. Woo! Damn! Oh my god! There we go. We high five, but it fails. It's hard when we're we're across because I don't. We're across. We want to stay by the mics, and we have beers. True. It's not a podcast studio yet. We're just in my apartment for now. We're working on it. When I got the score, I mean, I honestly didn't give a shit. You know how high (laughs) the score was, as long as I passed. Well, Julie was she was a saint, and she texted us before we actually we got the results at like what like five in the afternoon. I almost started crying. Mm -hmm. Such a relief. I literally I ran to one of the mentor teacher that I had. Uh, that I was like more close with, uh, both were great, but I was a little bit closer to one. Um, I don't even know why. Maybe probably just because similar interests. But I ran to him. I was like, I passed. And he was like, See, I told you, dude. I was like, it's still stressful. Like we sp- like you said, you took an off day. I took an off day too, and I got shit from it. Uh, <laughs> but we needed it. Yeah, yeah. we really did. did. I am so great. I had the greatest mentor teacher. If I could say his name, I would, because he was just... What's his first name? George. He was the greatest. George Didn't was... did he go through our program, too? He went through our program as well. See, that's why. And he 
hated it. He will talk so much. What did he say about our program, Peter? He well, I mean, he didn't go through. He he went through the bachelors parts. Ah, He yeah, but no, he hate. He liked he liked um, our our advisors. But he hated the Ed program. They almost Doesn't everybody hate the Ed program. The Ed program, well, that's yeah. We were even uh, when we had our, our internship. That's what Danielle was talking about with the Ed uh, professors. Whereas, like our professors that we had all the time, they were awesome. Yeah, um, like Gosha or right. any of them. They were yeah. great. Well, I well, and we all liked Jen. Jen was awesome. Jen, Jen was the best. She ed was the professor. best Ed teacher that yeah. there was. Well, yeah. anyway, sorry, Peter. I kind of <laughs> we interrupted you. He, Continue. He almost got thrown out of the program because so at, he at he's our college? at our college he is a um he he's he's very religious and he said that he personally did not believe in certain uh, a certain a sort of he he's he personally does not believe in a certain sort of lifestyle okay what do you mean but, like, type of lifestyle? like religious like, lifestyle or no. not religious but, non-religious he doesn't believe in a certain non-religious lifestyle really but he wouldn't discriminate against students who, who were That's who fair. were interesting you know because he strictly follows his faith he you know he believes in his faith but he said that he would never discriminate against students who did not believe in his faith yeah. you know fair enough he, and he was very fair about about his faith he never talked about his faith to his students and he was he was he was very supportive of all his students, no matter who they were, you know, or what kind of lifestyle that they led. In fact, a lot of a lot of people of quote unquote alternate lifestyles, you know, were were in in alternative his alternative facts or something like that. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> were, yeah, that does. Were in his chess Sad. club. Like a lot of a lot of kids loved him because he was sort of like leader of the dorks in a way. Okay. So. It was kind of funny, but um, an, an ed teacher, like, all, like threw him out of her class. That's insane. And told told him that he could not come back. Why? For yeah. someone to pay tuition? Yeah, I don't know. I how, think that well, the university should be a place where all opinions are allowed to exist, yeah. even though you may not agree with them. Yeah, and Did I mean, and, and it wasn't like it wasn't like he was so. he was you know spreading he hate. A, he, wasn't he wasn't being aggressive he was being about a, it. He wasn't being a bigot. You know, he wasn't. Yeah, you know, he just said, you know, my faith says this, and I believe in my faith, and I, I don't believe in this certain lifestyle, but I would never, you What's know, treat students. Yeah, I would never treat students differently because they were uh, a different race, different religion, or you know, different sexual orientation than than me. Mm-hmm. And that's just they, being a person. Yeah, not even just a teacher. That's just being a person. Being a person. Like, just yeah, don't be a dick. Treat everyone the same. Well, not respect like that. Yeah, respect the yeah. same as you know. That's complicated. Yeah. No yeah. one actually, but you know what I mean. Whatever. Yeah, but but I mean the 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 teacher or the instructor. I think it was a, a graduate student anyway. Said I don't believe you. Threw him out of the class, and wait, 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 like like I don't believe you. Like I don't believe in the truth you're saying, or like I don't, I don't believe you. No, I don't believe that you could treat people the same. Well, that's what? stupid. Yeah, so that's like a basic, like 
We were just talking That's about like something. That's like saying someone's racist or something. Like About something basically. similar before. I mean, it was about a different topic, but we were talking about the issue of abortion. Like, I personally am pro-choice, but I myself could never get an abortion. However, I don't think I could judge somebody who is in a different situation that I was in for getting one because that's sort of the deal is that everybody gets to live their own life and gets to make their own decisions. And I think that's where your cooperating teacher was coming from, which I think is a good place to come from. It's better than the crazy people that, you know, are like in the Westboro Baptist Church or those crazy people protesting outside of abortion clinics. I mean, I think that... You know, even though I would disagree with your cooperating teacher, like I could, I could respect that position, and I think that's ridiculous that he was thrown from a classroom. Yeah, and and he was, and and he would, you know, respect your opinion, but he would say, "This is my faith. This is what I believe." That's that's um, fine. You know, and and I I, I respect that, and uh, our our advisor, um, you know, we all share the same advisor. Uh, she had to go and fight for him. Oh, good for her. So, she, and she did, and and we I all feel like she would actually go to war. For yeah, all and she people. did. She was like our mother hen. Yeah. yeah, and she did, and even though she's you know very liberal, <laughs> she wouldn't you know agree with George at all. But she went she went to war for him. Right. And actually, Robert wrote him a letter of recommendation and said, even though George is conservative, you know he, you know contributed to great discussion and you know whatever. Even though George doesn't consider himself a conservative, but. I would consider myself conservative <laughs> on a lot of fronts. Like honestly, yeah. like I would, but I'm liberal in the sense that I'm open to other people's, you know, way of looking at the yeah. world. Yeah. But that's the thing that sucks about some conservatives is that they feel like they have to like force their way of life down other people's yeah. throats, and that's the stuff that drives me nuts. It's like if you want to live your life conservatively, fine, but. That's not good for everybody. Yeah. Everybody gets to do their own thing as long as they're not hurting anybody else. That's it, why it's funny that you mentioned Robert, too. Like He's conservative, but he's liberal. See, I don't... It's, yeah. It's, I think he's more... Like, he and I... Like, Robert and I are both, like, straight. Like, Robert has, like, wife and kids. Obviously, you know, I'm but dating Katie. Like, I identify as a straight male. But we're both advocates. But we play on a gay softball team. Which is adorable, by the way. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he's well, got some moves, by the way. He plays third base. <laughs> Ooh, he has some web gems like that's diving I court. I need to come see. I made like I made like I one diving play come. all season. He makes diving plays like every. That's other hilarious. Day. But he's also very religious himself, and yeah. you would that's never true. you I would forgot. never peg him for is, being very religious. Yeah. But he he's is. he's not orthodox. He's conservative. He's conservative. He's conservative. Right. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, not reform though. No, no, no. no he's, conservative. he's conservative. Like you, you better not you call know, him on a Saturday. He will not. Yeah, pick he up. won't pick up. Yeah, no. You know what I really? You know he could email you at like two a.m. But he, not on a Saturday. You, he he keeps odd hours. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, he is writing a book too, so I feel like that, yeah. You know, once you get a writer's, you know, writer's trip, mm-hmm. yeah. writer's trip, writer's block. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no. Uh, where did we leave off? Yeah, no. But my my mentor teacher. You know, hated our ed program, and in he holds a grudge against our ed program. And he said that, you know, he almost lost his job because of his because of our ed program because they didn't they, prepare, they him. Didn't prepare him. They didn't they teach did. him. Oh. They didn't yeah. teach him how to how to right. uh, how to teach how to you know 
organize a classroom, how to control a classroom, you know, practical. They didn't give him any practical knowledge. They must have changed the. Well, he said I he went to the. I didn't feel that our program gave us much practical knowledge. I felt like Jen gave us a lot of practical yeah, knowledge, she did. but nobody but else isn't, did. Isn't that what student teaching's for? Is you kind of build it on no, your own? Because I feel like. You could have read Harry Wong as a class, like um, the first days of school. That book has like changed my life. Mm. Why weren't we reading that? Yeah, why and that, weren't we reading that? that that's what George I, said. I George based his whole. You should, Ryan, you really should, especially. It's awesome. awesome. Harry Wong. Harry Wong. The first days of school. That is revolutionary. Is it just yeah. like setting up like your initial expectations? It is. Classroom yes. setup. I mean, and, you can do it at any time, though. Yeah. And it's training your yeah, classroom. I think, I'm pretty, I think I've set pretty good expectations and organized my room. Like, it's all like. Yeah, I mean, you're a very organized person, Ryan. So. I don't feel like it, but. But it talks about things But you like, should really, yeah. Like subtle, really read it, though. Subtle Harry clues Wong. like dress professionally. I'm in jeans today because we had a dress down day. Ha ha ha, because it's a private school that requires uniforms. But I think that he makes a good point in that, you know, when you see a lawyer, they're wearing nice suits. They're, they look professional. If you go to a, your average CPS school, you see, I mean, from my experience, I saw teachers in jeans and hoodies. And that's not to say I don't like a good hoodie or jeans, but when you're Was supposed like, to be. Like school attire, like apparel or just like random hoodies and it's just it's it's school, school attire apparel, but it doesn't yeah. matter you don't command a position of authority and that's the right. truth if you look like the students when you're and kids do respect that you know they do they, they come they, they come from a hierarchical you know society in the sense that you know you have your alpha dogs i mean you have to think about a lot of these kids sort of go to go to church a lot too mm-hmm. and you know your pastor is wearing some fancy suits crocodile shoes crocodile shoes yeah so i mean when they see that you know they know that you are demanding some sort of respect Mm -hmm. sure sure and you know yeah see i'm not gonna lie I, i showed up on the first day like shirt tie you know like the black dress shoes like all that stuff by day two i went into like still professional but like more like the khakis gray khakis type of thing with like a nice dress shirt sometimes that kind of thing like it, it kind of you set the tone i kind of dropped down a little bit but yeah but that's that might still be more peer pressure too like other teachers how they were dressing too don't always... don't cave into peer pressure no. with, with other See, teachers it still happens as an adult. It's, it's it's hard yeah, yeah it does it does i mean that's one thing that george taught me he said don't replicate anything that an, any other teacher does in in your school because that'll just get you fired like, and, what do you mean? Like, like, recognize the good teachers in your school and notice what they do. But, you know, your mainstream teachers sometimes, sometimes in, you know, certain school districts. Your eight to three teachers. Yeah, your eight, yeah, your eight to three <laughs> the teacher. people that don't put in the effort, the extra effort. You know, don't, don't just blend into the crowd yeah. because that'll get, that'll put you, that'll put a target on your back. In fact, I know a couple teachers from the school where I was student teaching that got riffed. Why? Because they did that. Be- well, because they had a target While on you their were back. Teaching, they got they got let go. Well, now they they're gone. Oh, okay. yeah. What did they do? They just didn't put extra effort. They, or... Their classrooms were a mess. You know, see that I don't discipline. Get. Me either, because you're the adult. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter if you're teaching the worst gangbangers on the block or if you're teaching like suburban kids in a private school. You need to be able to um, command authority. 
I worked when I was student teaching with a lot with two classes of ESL learners in U.S. history. Some of these kids came from war-torn countries like Syria and Iraq, and they had never had a lot of formal schooling experiences because they came from such chaotic um, backgrounds. And so they were, when I took over this class, they were literally getting each other in headlocks and wrestling each other in my class. <laughs> and, and I put an end to that really quickly because I said, these are the expectations. You will either fall into these expectations or these are the consequences that you will suffer. You will fail my class. You will spend time in the dean's office. And that will really suck for you because then your parents will have to pay for you to come to summer school. And even if the kids didn't give a shit about what I was teaching, their parents did not want to pay extra for summer school. These are kids as parents who came over as refugees and are working very hard for them to be here. They don't want to pay extra for summer school. Um, and I even found even with those kids, when you command respect, you set up expectations, you set up routine, you let them know what's expected, that most of them, not all of them, because there'll always be, you know, those who turn away. Those fucking crazy ones, too. Those fucking goats. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, they, most of the kids, though, they will fall into line because I think at the end of the day, most children are good. Most children want your respect. Most children want to live up to your expectations. And if you let them know what those expectations are, they will be more than happy to oblige. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. You need to have expectations. You need to have rules. But you need to show that you care, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was, you know, sort of like uh, what binded it all together. You know, kids will think you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, my but, kids do. It's okay. Yeah. Well, but they don't have structure <laughs> elsewhere. So if you're that, you're that adult. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're the one that cares about them. And deep down, they know that. And... You know they are sensitive underneath, and and they want that attention because sometimes because they don't get it at home sometimes. I have or, a question, like yeah, so like showing that you care, like you know, implementing your own personality in the classroom. I didn't like take a like I gave like a brief intro like when I was student teaching or like my first day. I know teaching. it's hard. Did you do like a because I didn't really I gave like a very 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 brief background but i wanted to hear more from them because they have all because i'm an yeah. i gave it a questionnaire to my kids but i didn't really yeah. reveal that much of myself because when you're student teaching you feel kind of like a step parent coming in because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you are you're taking over somebody else's classroom well but even like well, teaching like, like even I now like... what did you guys do I just yeah. briefly introduced myself, you know, kind of gave my background like I lived in Ukraine, I've done all this different stuff, and I'm here to teach you, and then I handed out a questionnaire because I love to learn, like, what languages do you speak at home? Because I really want to get ESL certification in Illinois. That's something that I'm very passionate Let about. Let me know when you take classes so we can take classes together. <laughs> um, well, but, like, you didn't – did you have, like – because I didn't really leave it to, like, a formal, like, I'm going to take five minutes to introduce myself. Like, I just kind of – I didn't I, either. It's just, like, when you have your interactions, those person-to-person -person moments, like, well, still student-to-teacher, but those person-to-person -person moments, that's when they see who you are because that's more genuine than – yeah, you're standing and giving a lecture because they're not listening. They're yeah. listening like in Charlie Brown, like the wah 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 wah. Especially on day yeah. one <laughs> or even day two. To be honest, like I feel like the first semester, they're not really gonna. Well, not the first semester. Maybe like the first quarter, they're not like convinced that you're actually in it until like I have conversations about like we just talked about Dwayne Wade earlier in this podcast. 
I was talking with him about Dwayne Wade, like when he opted out on Monday, Tuesday. You, you know what I found that the I mean, you guys know me. I'm pop culture fucking illiterate. Me too. I am such a fucking nerd. <laughs> but I am such a fucking nerd. I mean, let's be honest. The thing was, in in my my mentor teacher did this great. He incorporated his personality in his teaching. So like he would use in content. Yeah. In, I mean, he would use and style. He would use examples that they could relate to. So say he'd be talking about basketball. He would relate that to history somehow. You know, he would all like in lecture, in order to make his lecture interesting, it was always bringing, bringing it back to something that they would listen to. And, and, and it's really hard to do, especially for fucking dorks like me. <laughs> but I mean, but that is very important. That's very important for kids to to listen to. It is. My first cooperating teacher that was sort of the one that was their buddy, he would relate to these kids that were from Syria and Iraq and India and Pakistan. For whatever reason, all these kids were into WrestleMania. Oh and God. so was my oh, cooperating no, 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 no. teacher. Awful. I love The Rock, but God, no. Oh, no, it's horrible. Men in like oh, tidy whities like jumping on each other. They were into that shit. And I was so not. They really fit, though. I'll give them that. They are, but it's really ridiculous. Um, I mean, because it's all staged. And these kids would be like, oh, no, no, this is real. I'm like, no, no. no at all no and so i had to find other ways to relate to them like you know this is what they do in eastern europe what do they do in your culture and sometimes it resonated because it's often similar in many places because these are just tropes that are passed down from culture to culture like taking off shoes before you enter a house that's something you do always in eastern europe um especially in russia in ukraine which is where i spent a lot of time and that's the same in middle eastern cultures um and i believe also in pakistan and india i could be wrong about that but definitely in middle eastern cultures because i remember one day one of the kids asked me what do you do when you first go home And i said well i take off my shoes and he went allah and i'm like well i feel like that resonated <laughs> with you at some level i'm glad we could multicultural, connect like, yeah. multicultural shit yay um yeah. But I agree with you. Like, you have to find something because, like, you and me, Peter, we're not really into sports and shit. And so... That's my alley. You have to find yep. something that gets at them at a deeper level um, in some fashion. And I try to relate it to their own culture. Like, we have to decorate hallways at my school. And I really love skulls. Ugh. I really love skulls. <laughs> and I'm at, a, I'm at a very religious school, but... Many of my students are Latino, so I'm like, woohoo, Day oh, of the yeah, Dead, the we're going to do yeah. skulls, and I can get away with it. And so, yeah. I mean, you just find whatever, and you just try to connect it as best as you can. Because if you don't, they're going to be like, tune out, tune so out. We're coming up on, I mean, this is awesome. So, like, we were just kind of, this is more like a conversation. Like, we had our, like, pillars, a topic, but we, we went, and we're, we're going to have to edit out, you know, some time when we had our, our drink refilled. But we're at, we're at like, <laughs> an hour 15 which is awesome um but i think to wrap it up what would be like like your favorite like you know fucked up not like not like negative but like just like a, <laughs> what the fuck was that so like uh when i was teaching in like a psych hospital uh there was this awesome moment where they had one bathroom at the actual school in the psych unit and there was this three-year-old girl uh had to unlock the bathroom because you know you don't want to have like self-harm in the bathroom or anything 
uh, let her into the bathroom. She goes in there, she does her business. She comes out, lock it back up, back into class. Uh, then we come back after a little bit. I don't want to say the student's name, but I'll never forget him. He's one of my favorites at the hospital. But he needs to use the restroom. So he goes in, takes like two steps and does like a Michael Jackson like 360 and goes, hell no. He's like eight years old. And he goes, hell no. <laughs> because the little girl had pooped in the urinal. Because she was so young, she had never seen one before. So she's like, oh, this is like the perfect height. (laughs) She had no clue in her entire life before. And I was like, shit, how do I handle this as the teacher in the room? That's mine. I'm going to try to do as the host. What's, what's, uh, Peter, what's one, like, what the hell is this moment or WTF moment? (laughs) Well, I mean, besides the porn falling from the (laughs) sky, digitally, of course. That's the best one. Um... God, I hope I don't get in trouble for that. Uh, what was I don't, Danielle? Go. I can't think of anything right now. Okay, I'm trying to think of what the fuck moments myself. Hmm. I think one of my favorite moments was when this. Okay, so I had a system in my class um, where. I would let students put their cell phones in kind of like this shoe rack type of thing. And um, they would get like a number, kind of like a coat rack situation. And if they just did what I asked them during the class and, you know, obviously didn't have their cell phones, they could turn in the card, get back their cell phones, and I would give them like a little stamp. Um, And those stamps could be added up as sort of extra credit points. I did this as sort of an incentive system to, A, keep kids off their phones, and to, B, get them to do their work because – there's so many legal issues about taking away cell phones from kids. I figured, you know, if they're giving them to me willingly and they're getting points for it, you know, it's a win-win situation. Anyway, there was this one girl that gave me her cell phone but wouldn't do any of the work, so I wasn't going to give her the extra points. So she came up to get her extra point, and I said, no, I don't think you get one because you didn't do the work. And mind you, I'm like about six months pregnant at this time. Like, I'm huge. And she <laughs> just... Flat goes, why are you being such a bitch? And I'm just like, whoa there. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but, like, I don't have the balls to tell a super pregnant lady, why are you You're being right, such like, a bitch? I was just so like taken aback. I would have been like, Danielle, I would have been like, it's because I'm pregnant, bitch. <laughs> Not the bitch, but, and, but and, I'd be like, I'm full of a kid. And I'm dealing with you assholes all day, which is making me cranky. So that was kind of my what the fuck moment. And then I tried to get a hold of her parents and none of them had a a phone number on file that worked. And that really resonated with me. I'm like, wow, like if this girl was unconscious or had some terrible situation, like there'd be no way to reach these parents. And that just showed me like she doesn't have people in her life that really give a shit about her. Just that deep. And, like, for the rest of the semester, I kind of understood her more because I was, you know, I mean, that's terrible. If anything terrible had happened at the school with her, God forbid, there would have been no way to get in touch with these parents. Damn, that just put my WTF moment to, that's like a good moment, too, because it's like a realization for, like, you as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, that's a good moment. Oh, Peter, you got to follow up with that. That's tough to... Um, Jesus, oh, it better be good. I'm gonna yeah, be disappointed that, in you. Like, like I started off, I I started off with literally a shit story. 
keep <laughs> going to I like have no shit story. I'm gonna have to next next time I do this. Mine's gonna be awful because I one. I don't know, I have to tell you guys because this just happened to me a couple weeks ago, so it's not a teaching thing. But I mean uh, this can just be a kind of real world <laughs> kind of thing. So uh <laughs> I work at a foundation, ethnic foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Non specific foundation. foundation. And so um, the executive director was just gone the first week that I got hired. He was in Greece for a whole month. Must be nice. Must be nice, yeah. Well, needless to say, he is now gone from the foundation. Not going into any specifics there. So uh, the second week that I was with him, in the in the office that same week he left the foundation quote unquote was the week of of the of the eclipse so ah, so you went blind yeah. too is what you're saying no 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 no, no you went blind you just stared yeah, that's why my eyes are just going all over the place right now right Ryan so um he was like hey Pete let's go see the eclipse huh and i was like okay well, now we know what the ethnicity is that we've been hinting at this entire time. <laughs> well, anyway. he told him that he was going to Greece. I mean, that's true. That's true. Peter's Greek. We'll, we'll put that together. Let's just say we, it. we call him Peter the Greek publicly. Peter that's the just Greek, who he the most is. Greek boy we know. He confirmed it. Oh, All right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So, <laughs> so we're so I work downtown, and we were going to the planet uh, the planetarium because they were handing out free glasses to see the eclipse with. That's the okay. Work. So they did. They no, they did work. Um, the 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 no, the planetarium. <laughs> the planetarium was handing out. It was the planetarium. Those They're going to the hand out. Yeah. They're better than free? the one that Jewel. They were. They were. Free. It's free, it's not but work. they they were gone by the time we got there. Yeah. So I thought, you know, we're going to go for a nice lunch. Just go see, you know, lunch break. Just go see the eclipse. So we're walking there. I didn't realize how far the planetarium was from. So I worked close to the bean. To Millennium That's Park. A far, yeah. Trek. So when we first get down to Lake sh- the to the shore, he was like, "Oh boy, it's hot out," and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, it is." He's like, "I'm going to take off my shirt right now. I hope you don't mind." <laughs> so this dude took off his shirt, yeah, and wrapped it around his waist. And walked bare chested to the planetarium. No, he was not hairy. Uh, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, not very Greek in that sense. But I mean, this this sixty year old man oh, is walking oh, without God. a shirt next to a kid. I mean, not not a kid, but you know, a, a person strapping young man, strapping just... young lad, who he just introduced himself a week prior, and we're walking to the planetarium. Him without a shirt in, you know, slacks. And we're walking by people. I mean, this is in public. This shirtless man. He just didn't give a fuck. He just, and he's just, and the whole time, he's just making me take pictures of him. And he would Did hold up. Drop it he would hold up. He would hold up his hands like Reagan. You mean like Nixon? Or not like Nixon. <laughs> like Nixon with, you know, the victory signs or he would do like a thumbs up 
two thumbs up picture of him old, shirtless. Old people have Tinder. Oh my! He has. He's like, Pete. I need you to take a picture for me for my girlfriend. Oh, I was like, oh my god! So we get to the planetarium. You know, the eclipse hasn't started yet, and he's like, "Well, let's go inside." I I was a physics major. I love I love science. Back in Athens. So so we go inside. <laughs> And he goes in without his shirt on. Oh, my God. Naturally, no. yeah. And, and so this lady's like, sir, you got to put on your shirt to get <laughs> in. Keep it off, man. No shirt, no service. He's like, he's like, are you serious? And she's like, yes, sir. He's like, okay. Okay. So he puts on his shirt and he just leaves it unbuttoned. So it's just a shawl. So bad. It's, it's a like, um, that's, that's the thing, right? A shawl. The um, Samoan from Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Doc, um, what was that dude's name? Was it Dr. Gonzo? I don't remember. I've never remember. seen the it. The fat Samoan dude in Fear and Loathing. He always had an open Hawaiian shirt. Well, well that's what it was kind of like. And I'm it's walking like around. Like the Rock. So, he's Samoan, right? Like I, think so. I love The Rock. He's, he's amazing. He's my man crush. 100%. Oh, my God. I support everything he does. So I'm walking around with this guy in the planetarium with his shirt. Please tell me he itched his chest at some point. I'm sure he did at some point. And he's just like fascinated with the whole thing, making me take pictures of him. And I'm just there's like kids, there's like kids running around, and this, you know, shirtless man is taking pictures of himself. Oh my god. And the worst sketch. So we, we go back outside to see the eclipse. And he just goes up to, like, random people, and he's like, can I... They ran out of glasses, so we didn't get glasses to look at the eclipse. And he just goes up to random people, and he's like, hey, can I have your glasses to look? (laughs) For the brief moment. And so he would look up into the sky, give them over to me, and he's like, wow, amazing. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's just an outline of the sun. And this guy was like a PhD. This guy was like a... Like, had a PhD in computer science. So this is like an educated person. Just walking around like a like like a degenerate. I mean, I mean, what we call in Greek vlachas. I mean, just like a peasant. That also sounds like a degenerate vlachas. It's it's actually like really bad term now that I when you really think about it. Oh yeah, second yeah, the the very small ethnic group of vlachs in Greece. I'm very sorry. Wait, that's an ethnic group, the vlachs. That we've Vlach- off. Oh, now Did you ever hear of Vlachia or Wallachia? Wal- I've heard of Wallachia. Wallachia. It's in Romania, though. Romanians, they're people. They there is. So a, we pissed off Romanians. We Good job, off, Peter. Great. There is a small. I mean, there's a, a small group of people in Greece called Vla- Vlachs who speak Latin. Like Romanian, so and, on. Yeah. Well, you know, every Latin. ethnic group looks down upon another ethnic yeah. group. Like Russians look down upon Ukrainians. Ukrainians look down upon Belarusians, and Belarus. Ukrainians and Belarusians look down upon Moldovans because they're like, yeah, those rednecks. <laughs> see, everybody just has to see. That's the issue. We just need to sit down, realize we're all humans, and just love. And realize that we're all fun. just a bunch of bums who walk around with our shirts. Off in front. <laughs> I mean, Peter, if you walked around with your shirt on, oh, heartthrob. I know. Woo. Woo. Anyway. All right. Well, I think this is a good point to 
So I, I think it's safe to say, would you guys ever come back to be guests on this of podcast course. again? If I'm allowed off the island that is my house with that's, two small children, I would be glad to come back. That would be awesome. If there's free booze, would that entice you? Of course. Of course. All right. All right. So this was the uh, second episode of Classroom Brew. Uh, I was joined by uh, Peter and Danielle. My name is Ryan. Uh, the goal is to, to keep this going here with some, some educators that, you know, have a couple of beers. We started off with a shot. We went... Uh, hard, Ryan. <laughs> oh please! When Peter started late. He caught up. He's, he's not messing around. And, and Danielle can down the Lord like it's nothing. The aftertaste doesn't bother. Oh. But anyways, uh, thank you for uh, listening to the second episode of Classroom Brew. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, hopefully, this starts to starts to take off pretty soon. All right, thanks for listening, guys.